Modular construction is growing increasingly in popularity across not only real estate, but commercial real estate as well. So tonight, Andy and I figured that we would dive into modular construction, what it is and how it works and why we think that it's going to be the next big thing uh, in commercial real estate, even though they're kind of small. It's a bit of an oxymoron there. But uh, Andy, give us a brief overview. What is modular construction? Yes, sir. So if you guys didn't tune in last night to our Commercial Real Estate Investors Weekly podcast, where I did a wildcard segment on modular construction, which you all should listen to every Monday at 530, by the way, if you guys weren't able to make that, modular construction is essentially one of the many names for offside construction or prefabricated construction. Essentially, it's just a type of construction where instead of building everything on site, right? When you think of how you usually build a house or build a building, you think, okay, we're gonna put down concrete and then we're gonna stick our wood into the ground, right? And then we're gonna put the walls up and then we're gonna put on the roof and then we're gonna put in the plumbing and the electrical, all the, everything inside. So that's the traditional way of doing construction. Modular, on the other hand, or offsite construction is when you are building components of the building prefabricated in a factory and you are shipping them pretty much completely finished to a site and you use things like a crane to just drop them into place and boom you're done right it's kind of like big adult lego blocks right except they're really big and they cost a lot of money so that's uh that's kind of what modular construction is at a very very basic level yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, modular. Oh, look, Bruno's uh, jumping in the live chat. Hey, Bruno, what's going on, man? Um, so, modular construction it has been very interesting to us. We're actually looking at several different projects where we could utilize this this kind of construction because, one, uh, I mean, the things that I love about it. One, it's it's manufactured in a warehouse in a facility, so you don't have any weather issues, you don't have any labor issues. I mean, it's it, you don't have any timing issues. Because of the way that it's set up, I mean, it's literally an assembly line for, you know, office, retail, industrial, I mean, whatever you, whatever you kind of unit you want to create in there. And so they, they do this assembly line under, uh, you know, covered, uh, in, a, in a covered space, climate controlled, so they can come in there and you've got your electricians that are constantly just going into these units and pumping in the, electric, uh, the electricity. You've got the plumbers that are doing the plumbing. You've got, I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredibly efficient, which is how it should be uh, because, you know, construction can be incredibly frustrating sometimes. It's one of the most frustrating part of the parts of the development process because we're, you know, beholden to, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we had an ice storm in Nashville. Well, that was a whole week where everybody lost productivity. There was nothing that you could do. Because, you know, especially if you're trying to do site work, well, you can't do site work when there's five inches of ice on the ground. Uh, you can't really go out there and do any framing when there's five inches of ice. In it. So it just it delays everything, whereas this kind of product built in a factory. Uh, so they'll finalize it there and then they'll ship it on site and you basically just assemble it. So uh, tonight we're going to show you a couple of projects. I'm going to show you actually two here in Nashville uh, that were done. Let me pull it up. We'll show you two projects in Nashville uh, that we think you know are, are phenomenal examples of this type of construction. Uh, we'll talk about um, you know one of the other things that I really like about it is it makes a phenomenal covered land play, right? So with modular construction, look at them like Lego blocks. You basically go in, you drop them in place, 
and on, a, on a very valuable piece of dirt, saves your costs, and they're also micro units, so they can be affordable. But we'll dive into all that. But, you know, they're, uh, the, you can literally pick them up and ship them to another site, which I think is really fascinating. You know, when we first started looking into these projects, one of the manufacturers told me about a site that they did in Japan where they came in, and uh, it was a group that had an apartment complex on a great piece of dirt, but it was, it was a modular complex made out of shipping containers, which is one of the most popular forms of modular construction. And they got an offer from a shopping center developer that wanted the dirt. And so within, you know, after closing, it took them two weeks to disassemble, I think it was over 100 units, it took them two weeks to disassemble the entire apartment complex and move it to the next site. I mean, how amazing is that? You think about the efficiencies that you get just from being able to reuse units on different sites because all you have to do is take them somewhere else. So I think that that's pretty incredible. Um, Andy, before we dive, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and adding two points onto that, the first point is that obviously being able to reuse those units, I mean, imagine if we are building modular in the future, how, how much more sustainable that is for the environment, right? Because that mall developer, in that case, only wanted the land. They didn't care about the building. They were just going to knock it down. It didn't matter what was on it. So the fact that that old developer was able to save those units and reuse them someone else, you know, not only is that great, amazing cost savings for them, but it's really being of the utmost, you know, sustainability and reusing our natural resources. And the second thing I kind of wanted to bring up in general is obviously Tyler and I here are on the development side of real estate. But even if you're a regular real estate investor and you're like, why do I care about different forms of construction? You know, you might think I'm never going to have to build a building, right? The, the reason why I think it's important for uh, someone who may not be in the construction industry or in the development industry to learn about things like modu modular construction is because, you know, without new construction, obviously our real estate, real estate industry would fall apart, right? We need continuously new buildings. We have new, our population is growing all the time. So if we had, for example, like what we're having right now, a crisis in being able to build new units, whether that's single family or apartments or retail or off or whatever, right? Because of labor costs, because of construction costs, because of land costs, we're having so much trouble in building these new things. You're going to see giant, uh, and, and we have lack of supply. Everyone knows what supply and demand, you know, the prices are going to go way up and then it's going to be put out of reach of the majority of people, right? And uh, if that happens, you know, we're more and more likely to be in a bubble and then the bubbles are more and more likely to pop. So we we obviously, for sustainable real estate development and, and for our investments to be pre protected into the future, you know, we wanted to make sure the construction industry and the pipeline of new buildings are, you know, continuously coming online and modular construction because of its efficiencies that Tyler kind of outlined at the top of this video. Uh, is one of the best ways that we can achieve that into the future. Yeah, I mean, imagine with modular construction, you know, you're moving from Austin to Nashville, and all you have to do is secure your valuables in the in the unit, 
load it on the, on the back of an 18 wheeler and ship your home to Nashville. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. All of the different things that you could possibly do with that. So let's, let's dive on into a couple of projects that, uh, that have happened here in Nashville. So you guys can kind of see what these look like. So this one's called 83 freight. You can actually see right there. Uh, that's the Nashville skyline. This is in the Wedgwood Houston neighborhood. Uh, I actually live not too far from there right now, but look at this, it, the largest shipping uh, residential shipping container community in North America. They've got all of these shipping containers stacked on top of each other. So it's very efficient construction, right? They don't have to, you know, re-engineer. I mean, of course you got to do engineering, but you don't have to do any crazy engineering. You've already got these units uh, pretty well put together. You just stack them on top of each other. You know, what I love is that you can actually place them in pretty unique shapes. Looks like they don't have any other pictures on the website. Um, you can actually put them in pretty unique shapes. You can see how right here they've got some that are running, you know, horizontal, some vertical. But, you know, we've talked about even doing them in octagons or hexagons or triangles or whatever and creating unique built environments because you can do that. You know, you don't lose efficiencies necessarily um, from doing that with products like this. So let's look at their floor plans. So look at that. I mean, this is a, this is clearly two shipping containers that they've cut cut part out of. And that looks like a normal floor plan to me, right? I mean, look at that, Andy. Doesn't that look like any kind of, uh, you know, apartment floor plan you've seen? Yeah, just a traditional micro apartment, right? You see there it's 320 square feet, you know, but that – if, if it's reasonable and it's well-priced, you know, most people are going to be like, I don't really care if it's built out of a shipping container or not, especially, you know, if it's cheaper and it's well-constructed and it lives well, you know, people might even think it's cool and be an added factor. It's like, look where I'm living. Isn't this exactly. awesome? Yeah. I mean, look, 320 square feet is, I mean, it's definitely on the smaller end, but you look at this floor plan and it's plenty, right? I mean, this is a studio, so this is one of the smaller ones, but it's got a built-in Murphy bed. Right. So you can actually lift that bed up and now you've got a living room. I mean, that's, you know, pretty cool. It looks like here they've got one that actually, oh, this is cool. So this is a one bedroom loft with a private deck. This one's 640 square feet. So, you know, they probably put two of these together and it's got a set of stairs on the outside that go upstairs to a rooftop deck. I mean, that's pretty cool. 640 square feet, one bathroom, hardwood floors. I mean, they're phenomenal finishes. And then they've got, they've even got two bedroom ones. They've got a couple of different two bedroom layouts. Um, that's pretty interesting to see what they did um, that are, you know, 1,280 and 960 square feet respectively. So, you know, there's any number of unique um, things that you can do with this type of construction. You can see here, they did a pretty straightforward uh, you know, building layout site plan. But I mean, you probably wouldn't do things like this uh, if you were doing a, a typical apartment complex. So it kind of lends itself to some unique, uh, you know, environments out there. You look at how there's a patio in between the studios and there's a walkway between the studios and the two beds. It's a pretty neat little, little project. Here's another one that's actually right across the street. You can also see the Nashville skyline in the back there. This one is called Alloy. Um, and it was developed, I believe these were condos, uh, and 83 freight was apartments. So those uh, 83 freight is for lease, uh, whereas alloy is actually for sale. Looks like these are four stories, which is probably about, you know, I would imagine you could only stack them four or five stories high before you have to start looking into engineering. 
Uh, it's in a pretty great neighborhood. Uh, they're showing that off here. I'm trying to find. Okay, let's look at the let's look at the site plan. So you can see it. It allows for some pretty unique layouts. I mean, they kind of did a, a sawtooth layout on this project, which you you would never do uh, on on traditional construction because it'd be too expensive, uh, and it wouldn't be a very efficient use of the of the site. So get some four plans. So they've got one. Here's a one bedroom, one bath, 748 square feet. That's pretty cool. I mean, and look at that. I mean, it's, yeah, of course, it's a shotgun unit. It's skinny. It's skinny and deep. It's, uh, let's see, 20, 14 feet wide. Uh, I don't know how many feet deep that is. I guess we could run the math if we really wanted to. But, you know, that's a pretty unique project. I mean, look at this. You've, you've still, you just put all the stairs on the exterior. You have a little walkway that walks up to all the units. I mean, you couldn't tell if you didn't know that these were shipping containers, that th these were literally just manufactured and shipped out here, which is a pretty unique, uh, unique thing to do. So, of course, Alloys sold out. So I'm going to let Andy dive into this. This is a report from McKinsey & Company kind of talking a little bit more about, uh, you know, shipping containers or modular construction and how that is impacting construction and development. Um, so, Andy, take it away, man. Yeah. Uh, if we want to uh, scroll down just a little bit, Tyler, here, uh, we can start up with that first, yeah, with this thing right here. Uh, as we were talking about before, uh, modular, one of the biggest benefits of working in modular construction is obviously that because we are building everything in a factory, there are so many efficiencies that can be achieved because of it. First, you're obviously climate controlled, right? So that means that you don't have to wait on the weather delays or rain or even traffic jams, you know, have people having to get to your side and being delayed, right? So everything's very easy there. Number two is that it's very easy to control your shipments of products and goods, right? Uh, sometimes deliveries can be delayed, but when you have everything coming in to an individual site, right? Because you know, a road may be blocked off or something might happen that it's hard to get a, uh, a shipment to an individual site. Well, when you're working at a big factory and you're getting in shipments all the time, all the time, and you're placing these big bulk orders, right, because you're building these in a factory, uh, you're going to be top on the priority list when it comes to getting your shipment out there. You know, if you're buying, you know, hundreds and hundreds and, you know, thousands and thousands of, of feet of lumber, you're going to be way ahead of the guy who's buying, you know, just a few four by you know two by fours right so they're going to prioritize you there as well you also have great labor control because essentially everyone comes in eight o'clock the clock out at four or five right and you can see in a factory when people are coming in and coming and going as opposed to a job site where you know you have to be wandering around monitoring every single person and that's just impossible to do. And oftentimes, you know, people can come in late or show up late and, you know, they take a two hour lunch break and you're losing time. So all these different factors combined allow you to save so much time in the construction process, uh, building it in the factory. So that's one. So that's why you see here, uh, there's that statistic. Offsite construction, this prefab modular construction can be 20 to 50% faster than a traditional, uh, building that's going up and that's also because if you guys see there 
if you see at the top, planning design takes six months, foundations takes a couple months, then it takes a few more months to do the on-site construction, 12 more months, and then maybe there's delays four more months after that. With this sort of modular design in mind, because you know, you're usually working from templates, so that obviously, and you can obviously customize it as much as you want. There are a lot of different variations, but usually you'll have kind of a preset sort of template to work from that kind of speeds up the planning process a little bit, right? So then the biggest thing here, as you guys see on foundations in this blue section here, uh, foundation says you can start the foundation work while you're also building the building inside the factory, right? And you see those two things running in parallel. I mean, that's kind of insane. And then you can start installing some of the earlier portions of those building modules that are getting completed as you're finishing the old modules. And you cannot, absolutely cannot do that in an apartment building, in, in like a high-rise building. Let's say you're building a high-rise building, right? You can't really be finishing the 10th floor before you finish the first floor, right? It, you just can't do that. But with offsite construction, you can have, okay, the foundations are going in right now, that concrete stuff that you know the building sits on, right? And then you can have you know first couple floors being built while that's going on. And then by the time the foundations are done, you can be already installing the first few floors while the guys in your factory are building floors three and four. Right. And so because of those efficiencies there, it really can just you can build things so much faster and cost savings aside that time, that time and not having to spend money on your construction loan and carrying insurance and all the extra utilities. And you can get your money turned around faster and the project completed faster to get your money back to your investors. That saves the developers so much, so much money. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're able to complete a project closer to 12 to 15 months when it would traditionally take you, you know, 20 to 24, that is a significant cost savings, not only for, uh, you know, you on the interest carry side, right? Because if I'm a developer, I'm having to pay interest every month. So, I mean, you look at you know, even two months of savings is, is significant when you're talking about millions of dollars. But also to be able to return my investors' capital that much faster, it's going to make my deals more competitive with the market because I'll be able to give just as good of returns, if not better, because it's so much faster. We're paying less interest. And you know my investors get velocity of capital. So they can go and reinvest that capital into another project, either you know, with me again or with somebody else. And they, they just they keep, you know, they can keep it in play. You know, touching back on what Andy was saying about the design, that I think is pretty fascinating. I mean, look, you're you're dealing typically with a, you know, 15 or, you know, 14 by 40 foot or 35 foot, like, shipping container, right? Unless you're going with a different kind of modular construction, which, of course, there are plenty of different options. But when you're talking about these shipping containers, they're, they're set sizes. So it's not like you're going to be incredibly innovative and place the bedroom in a place where nobody's placed a bedroom before or put a bathroom or a kitchen. You know, I mean, it's all going to be pretty straightforward. But where you can really innovate with these projects is in the design and the site plan because you can have really cool finishes. You can lay them out in really cool ways that create these really unique common areas that, that at the end of the day, that's really what the tenants want. I mean, we're, we're working on several micro unit projects right now. And what we're finding is 
there's an incredible pent up demand for this type of project. And it's just it, there hasn't been that offering in the market before. As long as you do the amenities and the environment correctly, you build the right atmosphere, they will lease up for above market rates on a price per square foot basis. Uh, you know, not not diving too far into this project because it's not modular, but you know, Andy, talk about the Tomorrow Building and kind of what they're offering that's that's so unique because it's you know they're smaller units. Yeah, so the Tomorrow Building is a renovated building down in Chattanooga. They're done by a local development group down there that we had a chance to go look at their building there. It was really cool. It kind of an old historic property that they renovated and restored and, you know, very similar to the types of projects that we, we love to take on. Essentially, they're, they're renting out these 200 to 300 square foot apartments downtown Chattanooga. They include all of your bills um, for like they can rent out a furnished apartment for 12 or 1300 bucks a month in Chattanooga and so that's you know obviously a much higher rate than what Chattanooga may be used to but people are paying for it and it's because what they're doing is they the focus is not necessarily on the unit itself but they provide a community they have a lot of communal kitchen space you see there in the bottom left picture on this screen you know they have a lot of open game space and programming space for people to get together I remember talking to the building manager. He was telling me how they have a community, uh, an apartment building Slack channel where they all communicate or Discord or one of the two, you know, one of those chat apps. I said, that's that's awesome. So people literally come back home and they drop something in the message. It's like, anybody want to watch the game? It's like, how, how often does that happen in a traditional building? very very infrequent right you're almost never interacting with your with your neighbors but something micro units especially can lend itself to is obviously you know you don't have a lot of space inside your space so you can spend a lot of time sharing it with other people and you know that's what isn't that what life is all about tyler sharing it with others totally that totally (laughs) yeah so i uh I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. I th- you know, I think that, that that building is a successful case study on how smaller units are, are doing very well, as long as you program them right. So that's why I think that these shipping container homes, when they're 320 square feet, are incredibly successful. And now, obviously, we're talking mostly, in the, in the two projects I showed, we're both residential. Now, those are not the only types of projects. I mean, I mean you can do modular construction in office, retail, I mean, industrial, if you wanted to. Uh, in, you know, probably too small for really industrial uses, but, um, you know, you could have office space within them. You could do retail shops out of them. You could do restaurant space out of them. I mean, there's any number of uses that you can actually do, and we're exploring all of these. We're looking at um, actually a project right now where we would, you know, do build out restaurants in these shipping containers and just ship them out here, basically plug them in on site where we've already done all the site work and we're up and running. Uh, as far as the public is concerned, almost overnight, right? Which is pretty, pretty cool. It takes, you know, I think two weeks, two to four weeks to assemble everything, depending on how many units you have on site. But you think about what that, that could offer. So, you know, that, that 20 to 50% number um, is pretty remarkable. And, you know, you look at the planning and design and, and it's, you're like, wow, how does that still take almost as long as something where you're basically creating it from scratch? Well, you know, again, you're going to be on that lower end if you're actually utilizing floor plans that have already been 
you know, copy and paste it. Uh, the great thing is, that's kind of how, you know, you, you kind of get what you see, right? So, was there anything else on this one that you wanted to cover? Yeah, we can go over this chart very briefly. As you guys yep. see here, um, there's an opportunity for 20% savings, but you might be, the savings ha are, are, you know, might be cut in half if labor savings are outweighed by the logistics or material costs. Essentially, you guys see here, uh, if you look at each individual place, you might spend a little bit more on design because you want to make sure that you're engineering these buildings correctly and outlaying your site plan correctly. But go down to the construction phase. You see that? Look how much you're losing on materials and on labor, right? And obviously, there's offside labor and, and logistics that come in instead. But oh my gosh, you can save so much money there because you think about it too when you have offsite construction. Not only, so when we're talking about offsite construction, unless we have actual machines doing it, and there are some companies with a lot of machine labor, a lot of the times it's really just, you know, human beings doing it, right? Kind of quote unquote the old fashioned way, but it's just in a factory and it's climate controlled, right? And the thing about that too is that you can have so much less waste in there because you are. You know, you know that you don't have to plan for, okay, I need a 10% extra to have all the supplies on site because that's what, if you've ever run a construction project, you're always budgeting in 10% waste, 10% waste, 10% waste, right? All the time. And you don't need to budget all of that if you have your buildings designed correctly so that, okay, when my guy goes in and lays tile, we have it designed so it can be exactly you know, a hundred tiles that we need to delay, delay down and we, the only waste is going to be from breakage uh, rather than, you know, having to account for, you know, cutting it. And so you're obviously going to get percentage labor savings there as well, but uh, you, you can save a lot of money on labor here. And I think the last thing I kind of wanted to show on this, if you want to scroll down to the next chart there, Tyler, uh, with these dot plots, uh, you see here kind of the biggest regions where we have a super high demand for housing uh, versus our labor supply. The West and South, South in America uh, are really high up there. It's like one of the most high in demand places that need housing in the world, right? So that's why you see these markets that have been exploding, right? The Sunbelt markets that have been exploding. And if you scroll down a little bit more, there's a little, there's a few boxes right underneath this. Yeah, right there. And this is obviously just on housing share, but it's kind of crazy to look at what other countries are doing. You look at Finland, Norway, and Sweden, 45% of their houses are being built modularly. Japan that's is pretty 50%. remarkable. That's, that's kind of crazy. Uh, and uh, it's because they have, they have a lot less ability. They don't have as much, you know, wide open space, you know, as as in America, as the United States does, right? So there's a lot less room for maneuverability, and there are small, of course, they're smaller countries. So you know, you build one factory, it can service the majority of the country, right? So so there's a couple of reasons there of why that's the case, but you know, a primary reason. I mean, 
we're we're dead last pretty much of all, all the developed countries in the world in terms of building modular uk at five percent australia five percent china germany six and ten percent us at three percent so what what this says to me is is not that oh us is never going to catch up what this says to me is that it's very reasonable we could at one point see about 45 to 50 percent of the buildings in the united states being built modularly so if you think about that in terms of market demand and market potential you know if you can be in this space you have a huge opportunity to grow set yourself apart from the competition and really distinguish yourself by a faster to construct product perhaps a better built product you know a more sustainable product there's there's not many things to do to dislike about the modular construction process if you get it right. Yeah, there's a massive amount of opportunity there. You know, going back to what Andy was saying about, you know, the just the overage and waste. I mean, you know, when you're manufacturing in a in an actual facility, you can implement, you know, the Toyota way and have all of these strategies to where you're just you're unbelievably efficient down to you know, 3 months in advance how much, you know, aluminum you need to order for siding. Uh, to where they're not doing, you know, they're not wasting anything. Um, so it, it's it's actually greener. It's a greener type of development because, again, you know, not only are you using fewer materials to create these homes, but if you ever want to move it, you could, you could just pick it up. You don't have to go build another house somewhere else in order for you to, to actually move if you want to. So I think it's pretty fascinating. You know, this actually got me thinking, I wonder if IKEA – um, is offering anything in terms of modular construction on homes, like, you know, build your own home, they <laughs> assemble doing, your own home. They're doing tiny homes now. Ikea has, are they really? has Ikea branded tiny homes. And I think they're fairly affordable, you know, in the $50,000 range or so. And obviously that's, you know, a, that's a lot of money uh, for some people, but to like build a tiny home, it's not that bad, you know, so no. they, they are doing that already. Man, I struggled to put chairs together. I couldn't imagine having to put together a whole tiny home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so this is the next one. This is a report from McKinsey uh, that actually goes into uh, modular construction. It's called Modular Construction from Projects to Products. Uh, and it has some pretty interesting stats. It looks like, you know, the benefits of modular construction, it can cost, it can speed up construction by as much as 50%. And in the right environment and trade-offs, it can cut costs by 20%. So, I mean, just those two numbers alone, you're looking at that. If you can, if you can figure it out, which, you know, it seems like that's been the biggest issue with modular construction development, is one, sourcing the right manufacturer, but two, figuring out how to assemble it correctly on site. So, you know, maybe there's a manufacturer out there that actually supplies the labor. To me, that would be the best case scenario a lot of contractors in Nashville have, I mean, obviously have never done that. We've had two projects that had shipping container homes. So you think about the labor base here and how knowledgeable they would be for that. They just, they won't be the best. I mean, we were talking about this the other day. Um, I forgot what it was, but, you know, like with high rise construction in Nashville, you know, 10 years ago, there weren't many local contractors that had the ability to, to construct high rises and develop parking decks and, you know, these multi-story parking decks. And now you look at, all, I mean, all, all the big guys in Nashville can do it because, you know, some of the bigger guys had to come into the market and that's how they learned, right? Um, it's just, it, it's 
kind of how how it goes. Um, you know, we found that a lot of the tenants that are willing to take this kind of space, by the way, are your more blue collar laborers, right? Or your service workers that want to live near the urban core, but they can't quite afford to be there. This provides a wonderful attainable opportunity for them, as well as startup businesses. You know, we're doing a project, I'll go ahead and pull it up, um, in Nashville. At 1101 McKinney Avenue, this is over in East Nashville. This is a car wash. They were actually converting into uh, micro restaurant bays. So we took each of the bays and we are converting them into a restaurant. So, you know, they're right around 300 square feet, give or take. And, you know, they leased up very quickly. I mean, there was a lot of demand for it. So that uh, I know again that's obviously not modular but you look at these smaller units and that's really what modular is at its core and you want to talk about the opportunity there yeah and as we said before you know we're seeing there in the US and European market they're saying 130 billion dollars of construction could be in modular construction by 2030 and I think honestly the number is going to be even higher than that because they talk about why why are people looking at this now because we cannot afford to do it the same old way. We cannot afford to waste a lot of money. We cannot afford to uh, on labor. We cannot afford to waste a lot of money on time. We cannot afford to waste a lot of money on materials, right? Land in the places where people want to live, right, has become so expensive. I mean, if you look in the national market, we were talking about this yesterday, or in a city like Austin, right? Land values can go up 10 to 20% every single year in these growing high in demand cities. At, at, at a point in time, it just becomes impossible to be building the houses in the same and building your buildings in the same old, same old way. And this is what is driving this new push towards modular construction. I do want to quickly, Tyler, if you could scroll down to page 11 of this document, just quickly touch on the fact that the yeah, up, 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 I'm sorry, maybe it wasn't 11. Uh, it's page eight. It's 11 of the PDF, oh, right? But right it's here. page eight here, that picture. Yeah. I do want to quickly touch on this is that, you know, there is a pretty wide range of modular construction abilities uh, or, or, you know, ways that they produce these units. And obviously we're talking a lot about these fully functional uh, fairly pre-finished units at, at the top there. But sometimes, you know, even just doing panelized construction and just having a wall panel up so that you can stick all the wall panels together and then stick your roof system together. One of the top ways to do that is called SIPs, uh, SIPs panels. You know, a lot of the ways that these buildings are built too is also super, super efficient, right? Um, and these ones might not have the same ability to be movable, right? There's a, not every single modular project is going to be movable. Like I'm trying to find, yeah, no, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like some of the pre-finished units would be, but you know, there are, are a lot of different ways we can approach modularity as well. I'm trying to find a good picture of the HCA building downtown um, here in Nashville, because I don't know if you can really tell, but this is actually all brick. Uh, the, the red portion of their building, and those were shipped in panels. I saw them installing them. 
So instead of them getting out there and bricking this, you know, 12 story building or whatever it is, they actually shipped it in prefab panels. So, you know, modular construction is basically anything, you know, it's I mean, think of it as prefab, right? Anything that's fabricated off site to increase your your construction efficiency on site. So instead of them having to bring out, you know, Mason, a whole team of Masons to get the, the bricks laid, they just went up there and bolted panels onto the onto the building and and that was it so yeah and have those guys you know up 12 feet in the air and then having to pay them hazard pay and all that extra money and how long and how much time would be be up there i mean you could you could have those brick panels be laid by those automated brick laying machines and just have that machine make yourself like i don't know how big the panels were four by eight panel of bricks and just glue them on there, right? That it, yep. You can save so much money that way. Yeah, so you can see here, I mean, basically you could have everything from, you know, the Lincoln Log style of building to all the way to the absolutely finished product that all you have to do is, a, you know, set on site. So it's it's pretty fascinating the different ways that, that prefabrication is going to impact construction because every piece that could be done in a factory and just ordered I mean, imagine this, you know, like 200 years ago, you're, you're, you're moving out west. If you wanted to frame a house, you had to go fell a tree, right? And then you had to turn those into, into two by fours um, or what, you know, whatever you're going to do. Now you just go down to the store and you order a whole bunch of two by fours. So think about how much faster that made the, the building process. I mean, it's, it's just kind of the next evolution in construction, which is pretty exciting to see. You know, one thing that we haven't touched on is is uh, that modular used to be like a dirty word, right? Oh, like yeah. everybody talked about modular construction. It was like, oh, no, you don't want, you know, I remember looking at the MLS when I first got started in real estate seven years ago and seeing modular construction um, on the MLS. And my grandfather was like, oh, you don't want that. It was, you know, it's a, it's basically a trailer, uh, you know, which I mean, kind of back in the day was true. Like you didn't really want modular construction because it wasn't really well done. But now with with advances in in manufacturing and some bigger groups actually getting involved in it, it makes all the sense in the world. I'm I'm pretty fascinated by it. Was there anything else on this uh, on this PDF that you wanted to cover, Andy? No, I just wanted to quickly bring that up. Cool. Yeah, I think that's pretty neat. Uh, We'll leave a a link in the show notes uh, as well in the description below um, after after we finish going live so that you can take a look at all of these links. Okay, so this one is Modular Construction, the Future of the Construction Industry. This is an article from the constructor.org. Um, so here we go. Popularly known as prefabrication or prefab, modular construction is a mechanism in which the building is constructed in a factory environment under controlled conditions with required design codes and standards, which is very important, right? I mean, if, if these units are not designed to code, then it doesn't matter. Um, so that was probably a question that people were thinking about was like, well, what about all of the inspections that occur on site during construction when, you know, you've got to get your, your plumbing inspection and your electrical inspection and, you know, your framing inspections. Well, fortunately, all of that is actually in, it's done in a controlled environment and they just come out and inspect it while they're manufacturing into the facility. So, uh, that it makes it super easy. Um, and look, that, with that, that saves a too, lot of time. Yeah, with that too, not only do you save a lot of time, I mean, 
we, we, it's kind of funny to talk about, but I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are humans, right? So you have your inspectors. If you make their job to, instead of driving around to all these different houses and fumbling around with the lock boxes on there and trying to poke around in the dark to look at your, you know, your plumbing and rough in electrical and all that kind of stuff, because, and we say in the dark, because a lot of time when you're doing these inspections, maybe, you know, the electrical wiring hasn't been done yet or your rough and plumbing has just started, right? And then they have to look over everything. Instead, they get to drive up to your factory at 9 a.m. They get to stay inside air conditioning. And that's a big deal. Uh, I, I think it's kind of hard. It's unless you've worked with a construction crew, it's kind of hard to um, you may underestimate how much that air conditioning actually makes a big deal on the quality of work you're doing. Because if you're out there building houses in Texas or in Tennessee, even in 100 degree weather, I mean, you're going to be miserable. It, you're just not going to be as productive, right? And we're talking about making sure you pass your inspections. Your inspector shows up. He gets to have his coffee, show up to the factory at 9 a.m. He looks at all you know little units. They're all the same. He's going to be have the easiest job in the world, and he's you know way more likely to pass you because he's not hot and flustered and lost and in the dark and you know tired and behind schedule, right? Yeah. I mean, those things those things matter. Yeah, that makes a big big difference. Um, so this is pretty interesting. It's, it's expected that the construction software industry will be a two point seven one billion dollar market by twenty twenty three with modular construction being one of the biggest pieces of that, uh, just because of the, again, the efficiencies. You know, we're talking about, we talked yesterday on the show about how, uh, you know, prop tech is going to massively impact commercial real estate because any little efficiency that you can create in your project adds a significant amount of value to your bottom line because commercial real estate projects are traded on cap rates. Right. So if you could go to the next guy and you could say, hey, you know, you could buy this. If you ever want to sell the land, all you have to do is pick up the units and take those with you. You'll probably get a higher price than you would if it was a you know stationary type of project because it opens up a new buyer pool. Right. Because now they're looking at the project going, OK, great. So we can actually buy this. We can keep these units here for 10 years, let the dirt become more valuable sell it to somebody else who's going to come in here and build a tower and we'll just move our apartment complex, you know, two miles further outside of town and set it up again and do the same thing. You know, it's a, it's, it's a completely different way of land banking, which has, you know, for, for decades been one of the most popular ways of, of uh, investing in commercial real estate. And is there anything else in this article that you wanted to cover? Oh, it's no, actually it was, poured out. It was mostly the same stuff that was in yeah. The yeah, we, we've talked we've about it already. Yeah, I was gonna say we've talked about much of that already. Production line, how Sweden is pioneering automated prefab timber construction. This is from Architizer.com. That's pretty fascinating. So Andy, yeah. what, what did you want to say about this one? As you were looking at, remember, you were talking about Ikea, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, look at look at this, uh, the second paragraph there. 84% of Swedish detached homes have prefabricated elements. So we were talking about, you know, Norway, wow. Finland, Sweden being 45. Up to almost 85% of the homes in Sweden are being built this way. I mean, that that's kind of nuts. And that's, or how, that's what or, I'm... Or, yeah. or just elements, right? So it's, it's saying just they, they just have prefabricated elements. So that could be like, 
you know, the walls were, you know, prefabbed in a, in a, and everything else was assembled on site. Right. So it doesn't have to be the whole project, which it's interesting. Absolutely. And if you scroll down a couple more paragraphs um, to right here, yes, it talks about how their, their company, I don't know how to say their name, Lindbacks Big, uh, can produce 25,000 square feet of turnkey housing per week, which is 28 apartments in, every week and 1,500 apartments per year from one factory. I mean, that the amount of buildings you can produce there is crazy. And you see from this video, so a lot of modular construction is um, just, as I said before, humans doing it, quote unquote, the old fashioned way, and but just building in a climate controlled environment. I mean, look at this thing. You got your pneumatic framing nailers and people just load the wood on the thing and just bam, 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 and that knocks it out. I mean, that that's how you see even wild. more labor efficiencies in something like this. And Sweden's obviously at the top of the market for doing that. They've always been building these, uh, you know, efficient efficient designs, and that's what IKEA is known for, right? But, I mean, my, the point of, of looking at all these other countries doing this, to me, is saying the United States totally could do it. We have the money. We have the desire. We just need to have, you know, the willpower to bring it together and make these projects happen. Well, and this is a great way to bring manufacturing back into the United States, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you know, we've got all these warehouses. We might as well use them. I know that Amazon's taken all of them. But look at this. This is fascinating at how these robots are, I mean, how quickly they're able to assemble these. And to put what Andy said in perspective, 1,500 units a year is what's coming out of this one factory. You know, most developers are happy if they can deliver a 250-unit project in 24 to, you know, I would say 30 months. Mm -hmm. So you think about what this this one factory is providing. I mean, let's even if it's just five apartment complexes a year, that's remarkable, right? Um, you know, you don't have to go out and retrain a labor force. You don't have to worry about your framers showing up on time. You don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. It's, it's pretty amazing. And I, I would imagine, honestly, that it's, this is one of the smaller factories. I mean, because 1,500 units a year, at the end of the day, for the way that they're doing this, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's a ton. You think about how many, how many walls and everything has to come out of there. I would imagine that you could, you could build a, a pretty big factory, especially in a place like Nashville, where you can ship these modular units all across the country pretty efficiently. And you could crank out some units. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wanted to quickly on that, before we scroll down a little bit, on yeah. that picture, I don't know if you guys can see or if you noticed, There's they sometimes load a block of wood even there with circle holes in it. And you might be mm -hmm. thinking, why is this block of wood look like Swiss cheese? No, what they're doing there is that because they can build it all prefabricated, they have the holes for wiring and plumbing pre-cut into the wood that the plumber or electrician doesn't have to go and sit there with his little, you know, tiny drill. No, they got that big machine that just yeah. gonna and they just knock it out there. I mean, think about those are the little things and those little types of details save so much time. And that's why, you know, I just wanted to point that out. There are lots of little cool things there that you can save because, you know, that's hours and hours of time, actually, that a plumber or electrician might have to be spending just drilling holes into the wood. And you don't want to be paying 
an electrician who you have to be paying 60 bucks an hour to be doing the job of what your framer guy is doing at 20 bucks an hour, but he has to do it because, you know, the trades are not aligned. But with something like this, right, you can make sure that some of those inefficiencies are taken out. I mean, the biggest inefficiency in construction is that you have to have multiple different labor groups operating on the same space that have no idea what each other is doing, right? I mean, your, your plumber has to work after your framer. Your framer could really cut all of those holes in advance and help out the plumber, but they're not going to do that. That's not part of their scope of work. It's just not traditionally how they do it, and that's how mm -hmm. a lot of the uh, subcontractors look at this stuff. It's like, that's not really a part of my scope of work. We can add it in there, but they're going to charge you for it. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's, that's pretty, I mean, it's just, it's construction really is so inefficient. So this is basically their assembly line. Look at that. Comes in here. You see the two by fours. Obviously this is just a cartoon of, uh, you know, what it looks like, but you know, they assemble it into these wall panels. They, it looks like they go through the wall panels and add in, I don't know what that red stuff is. Maybe that's, you know, drywall or insulation. Or drywall. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say it's insulation. Then it goes through here, gets drywall flipped over, does the same thing, you know, probably coated in paint right here. And then, you know, they're done. Um, I mean, it's pretty interesting to see just how, you know, how manufacturing can actually increase constructability. It's inside of a warehouse there. So, okay, let's out of that. What did you want to look at on this one, Andy? Yeah, if, if you want to download that article there, I don't know if you can download it real quickly. Um, just there were a few more statistics that I wanted to go over uh, really quick on this one. Uh, let me make sure I have it as well. I was going to say, open. it may not load. Yeah, it's not loading. Okay, well, if it's not going to load, it's okay. There was just there's a couple statistics that they pulled out in there, uh, talking about Europe as well. And uh, really, in I, I saw you know how remember how China only had like six percent of its modular construction. They are ramping up. They're ramping up to be, I think they're gonna tr they're trying to target thirty percent of their building set to be modular construction over the coming years. And, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that is government backing, obviously, but just as a comparison, right. I'm trying to say that this is, it's not like this is impossible in the United States with the best technology, the best universities and the most capital in the world. It's not like these things are impossible. If Sweden can do it, then we can do it. If China is going to go from 6% to try to hit 30% in a couple of years, uh, United States definitely can catch up as well. And so just to give you guys that perspective as well, it's like if if there is a will, there will be a way. And, you know, these companies are coming to do it in, in, in America. And I think, you know, 10, 15 years from now, we're going to be seeing so many of these types of projects. Yep, I, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, yeah, and I think there was an initiative in China, if, if I'm not mistaken, that they were trying to build a whole city out of this modular construction, um, which is yeah, which I'm is sure there's a lot to think about, right? Like we're building cities within manu within manufacturing facilities and warehouses. I mean, so, if you guys remember at the beginning of COVID, uh, if y'all, I don't know if you, any of you guys saw those news, but they put together hospitals in China in like two weeks, like that's using modular construction techniques they literally for for 
you know, Wuhan, where the initial outbreak was, they literally said, okay, everybody, it's time to build a new hospital. They built an entire hospital in two weeks using modular construction. That's, That's insane. It's uh, absolutely thing- crazy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this one is a, you know, we just Googled modular walls um, to show you examples of what these look like. I mean, if you look at, uh, I mean, look at this one. You know, that looks like something that you would expect to see. I mean, honestly, that looks like it would be from Ikea. But it's it's pretty cool looking. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? Um, but that's what modular wall construction is. It comes in, right. it's prefab. You know, a lot of people think of modular construction, they think of cubicles, right? Because cubicles, I mean, that was that's a pretty prevalent modular construction that's in you know, the United States, it comes with electric already in place and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and kind of the point of, of showing these as well is to say that when we're talking about modular elements, it's like if you're an older building and you're trying to retrofit yourself and, and you have an open floor plan, perhaps in an office building, you don't know what to do with it. You know, you could consider bringing in these modular wall panels into your building to have a much cheaper way to put it up, put up dividers between people and have a space that's flexible. We were talking before about what, what Tyler was saying before, of, you know, opening up buying opportunities. If I have apartments on the land and then, you know, they can be sold, uh, the, the apartments can be moved and then the land can be sold to a new developer as opposed to only a group that's looking to buy apartments, right? You open your quote unquote, because when everyone's looking at a real estate investment, they're looking for the highest and best use, right? They're, so if if you have a set of apartments already on a, a property and it would cost too much to tear them down and build something else, then the highest and best use is those apartments, and it has to be those apartments. And so if you're looking to have a buyer for it, you're only going to have apartment building buyers. But if you can all of a sudden move your apartments away and you know give a subsequent, you know, obviously some some amount of discount on the property on the land because of that because you're not selling everything packaged together and only sell it for the land value all of a sudden you can sell it both as to apartment building investors and to land developers right and so having that flexibility is super key to ensure that you can get the highest and best return for your investment and that's what you know these modular walls even on the inside you know even foregoing the outside wall construction that can provide you a lot of value as well if they can be moved around if they can be rearranged Um, even if you're an owner right if i'm an owner of a space and i have a better looking modular wall system that looks better than you know obviously your traditional cubicle uh, i have a better looking modular wall system and i can change it around based on who the tenants i'm leasing to are right i have an office building and i can change around based on what the tenants want and it doesn't cost me a lot of money to knock down a whole new wall and build a whole new wall. I'm just moving the thing around because it was designed to do that. I mean, that offers me so much value as a landlord, right? So that's kind of talking about the flexibility of modular here too, also cannot be understated. Not just you're gonna save a lot of money, you're gonna save a lot of time, but options, options, options are so valuable in the real estate industry. Yeah, I mean, one of the more frustrating aspects of owning office real estate is that every time an office turns over, the next guy coming in is going to completely change the floor plan to fit what they're doing. 
right? And so having, which means I've got to go in there and tear the walls out, and we got to move the walls, you know, five feet over there because that's just how they want it. And if you've got these more modular walls, it gives you the options. You save a lot of money uh, on on those tenant buildouts. AM jumping in the live chat. Uh, would you be doing a video on triple net underwriting? Uh, yeah, AM, we could definitely do that. Andy and I would be happy to, to do a, a live stream where we underwrite uh, a couple. I mean, we could dive into several different triple net properties. We could do uh, your more traditional, you know, Walgreens uh, or Dollar General style uh, single tenant net uh, building. And then we can also look at, you know, maybe something a little more local here in Nashville that's like a three or four tenant shopping center uh, that's also triple net. We could kind of underwrite that for you guys live and show you uh, how we would go about that process. I'd be happy to do that. So here's a couple of companies that are actually doing this. I know we, we showed a couple already. Uh, this one's Katera uh, that uh, Andy was looking at. I mean, this is. This seems to be, to me, one of the most advanced companies that is doing modular construction. Because if you're watching on YouTube, I'm sorry if you're listening on the podcast, you can't see this, but they've got a video going on here that's showing zero people anywhere. I haven't seen a single per Okay, there are some people assembling on site. But within their factory, it looked like it was almost all machines that were assembling everything, uh, which is crazy to me to just see. I mean, look at that. Machines picking up, you know four by eight sheets of plywood and assembling everything together. So this, this is pretty cool. It looks like they focus more on modular walls uh, than anything else. Um, but that's a pretty cool little animation. They do, you know, office, commercial, multifamily, healthcare, hospitality. Pretty neat to see. Again, you know, you can use this across any type um, of, of commercial real estate. And we've, yeah, I mean, that's one thing that we haven't even talked about is furniture, beds, you know, entire uh, rows of cabinets. You can get those, you know, fully manufactured and shipped out. Here's another group that's doing it, Factory OS. Uh, you want to talk about these guys a little bit, Andy? Yeah, Factory OS is, is a similar type of company to Katera. They're based out of California as well. And, you know, they're just, I mean, you, you see their... Um, branding their factory os os means off-site but also it gives a nod to you know an operating system Software, right they're trying yeah yeah exactly they're trying to bring this sort of tech and new technology to building this off-site construction so you know looking at that and uh, this is part of the problem while we're not seeing a mass adoption in the united states so i'm glad these companies are out there and they're both billion dollar companies at least they're they're worth billions of dollars but in uh they're all in california <laughs> all all these guys are on the west coast and so i i'm you know sitting here and tyler and i are sitting here and we're having trouble so either all these guys are on the west coast or they're on the east coast right and we're we're sitting here in in quote unquote middle americans saying we want this too you know and <laughs> and that, that's why you know uh, the first group of guys you know or gals or whoever to come out here uh to, you know, in middle market America, they're going to have so much demand for their product that they're really going to be able to capture a huge part of the market and uh, kind of really, I would say, ha capture more of the market than California. Because California, you got 10 prefab startups. You know, how many prefab startups are in Nashville or in Tennessee? You know, zero. None that I know uh, of, yeah. So Yeah, it's, I mean, there's, Look, if you if you have a a uh, 
you know, prefab construction company and you can do these shipping container style units and ship stuff out to us, I mean, give us a call. Uh, we're actively looking for these projects. But, you know, that was a that was a deep dive into modular construction and, and what why we think that it's going to be so big over the next few years. I mean, look, it it solves it can solve the affordability or attainability crisis for not only, you know, uh, residential tenants, but also for small businesses and startups. They cut down your construction costs, which as a developer or even a private, per, you know, a private individual, it's going to save you a lot of money. It's going to save you a lot of time, which in turn will save you more money. And they're green, right? They're more efficient. It's, it's just a better done product. It, makes, it only makes sense that we would have, you know, homes manufactured as well and shipped to us, right? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the world that we live in. So that's, uh, that's it for a deep dive into modular construction. Appreciate you guys joining us here. We do the Commercial Real Estate Investor Weekly Update every Monday at 5.30 p.m. Central Standard. Come see me and Andy talk about commercial real estate news on those days. Every Tuesday, we're coming at you live with a different kind of video, whether that's something like this, where Andy and I just kind of dive into what modular construction is, or I interview somebody else in commercial real estate to talk about how they got there, what they're doing, why they like development over you know, value add or vice versa, multifamily versus commercial, everything in between. So uh, appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next time.